Check, check. Here we go. It looks like we are live on the website right now. If you guys are just coming in, welcome. Um, here we go. What's up, guys? This is Jess Weber here. We are live right now on the website. And today we're also interviewing a guy that's running for Congress. His name is Nick Torres. He's in the 40th district in California. I've seen this guy out and about. I see his Instagram uh, trying to get in there, trying to do things uh, around the city and stuff, cleaning up. Um, he's an American first guy. And uh, I want to explore everything that he wants to do as the Congress congressman uh if he wins so let's bring in nick nick welcome to the show thank you jess um honored to be on here very honored to be on the platform love your channel been seeing your guys's work for the past couple of years you do a great job and uh just very fortunate to be here today thank you thank you brother um i you know i've been watching you i know i i remember the last time i had an interaction with you you were debating some guy um about Afghanistan's coming into America and how that's wrong and we shouldn't be uh, defending them. Um, are you still on that stance or, or what's, where are you coming from? And um, let's, you know, actually let's just back up. Let's back up. Who are you first off? Why are you yeah. running? And uh, we'll get into the other stuff. Okay. Well, so just a kind of a quick intro into who I am. I'm Nicholas Andrew Torres. Born January 1st, 1992 at St. Joseph's Hospital in Garden Grove, California. Um, I grew up in Big Bear Lake, California. That's where I spent my formative years from 6th to 12th grade. Um, and I started to get into politics um, roughly around the end of high school when I moved out from Big Bear and moved into Orange County when I read Pat Buchanan's book, Suicide of a Superpower, when I was 19 years old. And um, I've always been into history, and that's what kind of prompted that interest also. And then um, I got into activism after I got my bachelor's degree because I was really, you know, kind of pumped up by the Trump victory and uh, really wanted to do what I can, what I felt I could do to help my country and, you know, kind of promote a more conservative vision here in Orange County. So I got involved um, in activism through late 2016 up to 2017. And then after that, I went and taught English overseas in Hungary um, for two years in rural Hungary uh, in a place called Kolocha. That's K-A-L-O-C-S-A. And that experience actually, you know, really kind of helped shape my worldview. I lived in a country that, you know, was pretty conservative, pretty nationalist in many respects. You know, they had control of their borders. You know, they have active legislation there that doesn't allow for like LGBT ideology to reach their children. They, you know, promote and protect their national heritage. And, you know, seeing that in a country that has a GDP small than New York um, really, you know, imparted something on me and, you know, it's something, you know, if they could do it, we could certainly do that here in America. So those were kind of all the elements that kind of uh, led to my political outlook. And I decided to run for Congress um, after really the vaccine mandates were put in place by the Cal State system because I was attending graduate school at Cal State Fullerton. I wanted to always be a history teacher and uh, get my master's degree and imbue patriotic values on the uh, 
you know, youth of this nation, because I think they're desperately in need of it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, with uh, my stance on the vaccines and, you know, my stance that I'm a you know child of God, I don't need to have, uh, you know, some experimental medicine put into me to have access to rights and everyday you know life. Um, so I decided to uh, withdraw from graduate school so I wouldn't have to take the vaccine. And um, I decided to enter politics to hopefully offer a more authentic uh, right wing and conservative vision in the OCGOP because I think that's sorely lacking. And I want to you know, be an authentic America first candidate that's put on the ballot rather than some rhino or also ran or someone you got to plug your nose for. So I'm sorry for the rambling, but that's kind of who I am. No, that's that's good. Um, tell me, brother. Okay, so now you're now you're entering the realm of politics. You're you're running for 40th district. Who's your who's the guy that you go running against? Well, there's two candidates. One is Young Kim, who actually lives in La Habra, which isn't in the district. And Young Kim is the epitome of an America last rhino. I mean, I'd just like to point out, first off, you know, she talks about this herself and her personal experience, but she herself is a chain migrant. And she said that frames her, her outlook when it comes to immigration immigration, you know, because she is more empathetic to the approach and wants to basically allow for, you know, people to come into the country through familiar relations, which if you're familiar with the problems of our immigration policy, that's one of the reasons why we've been flooded with, uh, you know, basically Democrat voters for the past 50 years. So she's weak on immigration and she's also weak on electoral integrity because she voted to confirm Joe Biden's false electoral victory in Pennsylvania, thus giving him the presidency, one of only two House Republic, uh, two House Republicans from California to do so. So she's no good. Um, she's been beating the war drums for Ukraine. Uh, she's really just basically what I call an affirmative action candidate that's there to be a yes vote for the war lobby and corporate interests. And then there's Greg Rats, and Greg Rats likes to tout himself, I think, as the MAGA alternative. I'd, I'd honestly beg to differ. Um, Greg Rats is a pro-Bill Clinton rhino. I mean, he said in his own autobiography that he emulates Bill Clinton's style of leadership. You know, I mean, and if you look at what Bill Clinton did, all his associations with Jeffrey Epstein, you know, uh, tearing countries apart, you know, in Kosovo and other places like that. Um, I don't think he's really someone who I'd want to emulate as a leader. And um, also he has, you know, he touts, he likes to go up in front of people and say he's a social conservative, but on his campaign, he has someone who is, you know, an open homosexual that is married to an Anglican bishop, 30 years his senior. And as a Roman Catholic, you know, I don't, I don't like to throw stones, but, you know, I'm against gay marriage. I'm for traditional marriage. And I think if you're going to go out and tell the voters that you're for it, but then has someone who's so flagrantly in violation of that, um, I don't think you're being honest. So that's who I'm running against. Uh, just a bunch of rhinos and also rams. And uh, I'm a young guy and I'm out there just trying to give them hell and uh, offer an authentic conservative vision. Nice. Now tell me, uh, your state is full of LGBT. Um, how are you going to you know, win their vote? Or are you not trying to? Well, it's not a matter of not trying to. I think there's probably people are out there. I mean, it's not like I'm against them living their lives on their own personal time. I'm just against the promotion of it in public life. And I really don't think if we're going to be a party that represents Christian values, we shouldn't be having people like Caitlyn Jenner potentially on the gubernatorial ticket as of being you know, bandied about by the California GOP. So again, you know, it's um, if they want to vote for America first and they want to put their identity away and kind of think about themselves as U.S. citizens and what I'm offering, which is, you know, a robust America first foreign policy, which means taking control of our borders, taking control of our foreign policy and doing something about those here at home who are really uh, causing a lot of problems, then I think they would vote for me. But uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to necessarily uh, appeal to people, you know, based on their interests as a homosexual or this or that group. I think that's actually 
part of the problem with the GOP right now is that we're watering down our message in order to uh, reach out to groups who, quite frankly, um, aren't voting for us in large enough droves to justify this strategy electorally. Right. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so tell me, what are the issues in your uh, district that uh, need help on and what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Well, I would say the biggest issues in my district, There's a, it's really reflective of the issues going on all over the country. I mean, first you can go uh, immigration. Um, I have a city in my district, Anaheim, uh, which has a lot of illegal aliens that live there. And, you know, it's gotten so bad with crime. A lot of people call it anacrime. So, you know, um, that's a big issue. And mass migration is, I think, one of the biggest issues we face as a country. I mean, I always bring it up to people, but we received 65 million legal immigrants, according to Pew Research Study, from 1965 with the passage of the Hard Seller Act to 2015. And that's not even including all of the illegal aliens. So imagine how much our country has been altered, how much it's been changed, and how much power we've basically given to the Democrats and the globalists who conspire to, quite frankly, turn our country into a third world hellhole. So that's not good. A, um, the other big issue I think is vaccine mandates. Obviously, I mean, that's something we need to keep fighting. Orange County, we have Republicans who help put the coronavirus uh, precautions in place. People like Andrew Doe, who, you know, proudly brags on his website that he follows the science and enforces mask mandates. And if you go to his Instagram, he's out there, you know, wishing everyone a happy Kwanzaa while he's advertising where to get your vaccine. So again, these aren't people that are, I think, stout Republicans. And third, um, the other big issue, and this is one I always talk about, I've been to school board meetings, I've uh, tried to make this real big issue is uh, critical race theory, which we should just be frank in what it is. It's anti-white racism, critical race theory. And those who practice this doctrine have created an environment where we have people in this country, like a professor at Duquesne University, one of the most prominent Catholic universities in the country, saying it's ethical for white people to commit suicide. We have a, it's created an environment where you have people like a Yale professor, Aruna Kalani, who said she wants to unload revolver rounds into white people during a Yale lecture. And these are things that's on the public record. I'm not making them up. You can go Google them. You can go fact check me. It's out there. So that's where I'm at. Those are the three biggest issues, uh, mass migration, vaccine mandates, and critical race theory, anti-white racism, which not only affects my district, but really the country as a whole. And it's time that people really address these issues and uh, called it what it is. Do we, uh, it, <clears throat> do, is it, is it a starting to become a trend in California where there's patriots running for office? Is that a trend now? Um, you know, I'll be honest, uh, from what I'm seeing here in the local OCGOP, no, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of people who like to say they're patriots, but really, um, I think there's what I call, honestly, a lot of affirmative action candidates. And what I mean by that, I'll just be straight up, and uh, this might be a little bit too honest, but I think this is an issue. We're getting people who are running on their ethnic status or their sexual orientation or this, that, or whatever, and they're really not authentic conservatives, or I think people who are in the mold of making America great again, that movement President Trump started in 2016. I think these are just basically people who are uh, giving us repackaged Heritage Foundation talking points and then putting a MAGA hat on and, and basically guilt tripping us into voting for them. And uh, I'm kind of over it. I want to offer real authentic policies. That's why if you go to my website, I have a whole 15 point patriot platform that issues my stances on big tech, mass migration, the treatment of January 6 prisoners. And uh, it's just time we offer something that's more robust and authentic. And people say California's lost. I could say, you know, I've met some of the greatest patriots and the most rabid American uh, nationalists and rabid American patriots, quite frankly, in the country right here because we've been left behind. 
we've seen the effects of globalization firsthand and there's many great people here and i'd like to see some of those people run and i wouldn't like to keep seeing um like i said this perpetual bench of also rands and uh, affirmative action candidates that quite frankly all say the same thing all of the same stances they're all if they got to congress they're going to all probably vote for some kind of uh, measures to increase uh, tensions with Ukraine or Russia, do something of that nature. They're going to just be there, uh, you know, basically being on the turning point USA grifter circuit. So that's not what I'm in, interested in. I'm an American patriot. You know, I'm a 30 year old guy. I've got no strings attached because I go work a job every day and I have people who really believe in this campaign. And, you know, that's what I'm here to offer. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Um, what? Tell me something about what you think is going on in this world, this country. You know, a lot of people talk about the Great Reset, New World Order. Is there something is there something coming down the pipeline that uh, big government is trying to do something? Well, I think there's a move um, when it comes to the Great Reset. You know, I'm not an expert on it. I've read some articles on it, you know what I mean, and discussed it. But what I think the Great Reset is, I think we're seeing it come into place right now, which is where, you know, you have BlackRock and Vanguard buying up all the homes. You have inflation going up where the American people are essentially being impoverished. And, um, you know, they even said by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll like it. You know what I mean? Right. So really, I think what we're seeing is a uh, massive you know, wealth transfer from the American people who enjoy so much prosperity to our, quite frankly, parasitic politicians and elites who want to use that wealth to go and, you know, build their globalist empire throughout the world, just as they're trying to do in Ukraine. You know, I think what's going on in Ukraine, just quite frankly, like it was in Afghanistan, was nothing more than a, a globalist power play. These wars, these conflicts had nothing to do with us. They're far more complicated than we understand. And the media lied to us. And many Americans died. And many Ukrainians and Russians are dying right now. And there's a lot of U.S. weapons being pumped into there. So what I think about the Great Reset and everything that's going on, I think really um, it's a massive move by the globalist class, the Davos group, as Samuel Huntington described them in his uh, book, Clash of Civilizations, uh, who want to solidify their control um, and kind of, you know, really put the death knell into the Western nations and consolidate it into this uh, global order that could hopefully be spread throughout the world. That's that's what I think. And, you know, people could say what they want, but I think the evidence is in, you know, is in the you know proofs in the pudding, so to speak. You know, if you look at all the color revolutions and various things the United States has been doing and orchestrating to bring about these events, um, I don't think there's anything that's, you know, random about it. I think these are things they've all been pulling out of their playbook and planning for years and uh, they're just putting it into effect now. And, you know, we have to rise up and do something about it. Now, do you think the vaccine has anything to play with it right now? A lot of people think this vaccine is now, well, I don't know if you saw the documentary, watch the water about the whole venom thing. Uh, Do you feel like this vaccine is to kill people in the end? Well, you know, you look at the uh, data and I haven't kept up, you know, quite frankly, with all this stuff from, and I cite the vaccine adverse emergency response system. And I know people are going to, Thought that it's not like I trust the CDC or anything. I know there's many other numbers. I'm sure it's greater. I just use that for what when you're dealing with the snarky liberal. Um, but basically, if you look at the vaccine adverse emergency response system, the last time I saw it, the deaths were in excess of 12, 13,000. I haven't checked it recently, but I'm sure it's even more. And uh, if you look at the deaths from the COVID 19 vaccines, they're actually more than the uh, total deaths of US combat soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. In addition, if you threw 9-11 in there also, the number of dead from COVID vaccines, according to the CDC, is greater than U.S. combat soldiers who signed up to go fight in two wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, and all the people who died in 9-11. That's what the COVID vaccines have done. That's according to government data. So um, are they there there to kill people purposely, or was it maybe just 
manufacture quickly for them to make a quick buck. It could be all those things potentially. Uh, but I just know that I'm not taking the vaccine. Um, I won't ever take it. And, uh, you know, you know, I'd rather die destitute and penniless and broke than ever take the vaccine and give up my liberties. Cause I think, you know, really it's something, a harbinger of something worse to come. Right. I mean, but there's something else telling you not to take it. I mean, do you feel like there's something in this vaccine that is really you're pushing away from it or do you just, you just don't want I, my stance. I mean, honestly, I haven't studied like the vaccine contents. I mean, I'm, you know, pretty, I mean, I'm not going to tell you, Oh, I know exactly everything's in the vaccine. I haven't watched that documentary mentioned watch the water. So I'll just be hundred percent honest. But yeah. what I do think about the vaccines though, yeah, there's something suspicious in it. I mean, the vaccine was basically made in what a year or that's what they're telling us. Yeah. And it didn't go through all the proper clinical trials or anything like that. And they want to use us as a guinea pig population. Like that's just my sentiment against it. It just was rushed out too fast. And even if it was, maybe done in 10 to 15 years, I wouldn't take it because the people pushing it are just uh, probably some of the most maniacal evil people in the history of mankind, honestly. Well, let me, well, well, you got to remember Trump is the one that did warp speed. He's the one that sped it up and now he's still endorsing it. What do we think about that? Well, you know, I can see what you're saying on that. And a lot of people have asked me that too. And I have the make America great again hat, but I think also at the time when they announced, for example, the vaccine shortly after the election, it's not like he knew about that. I mean, I don't think they were keeping up with Debbie with warp speed. And uh, in terms of that, because I remember that was a big surprise to a lot of people. But aside from that, too, um, his endorsement of the vaccines really isn't different than any other Republican candidate across the country. I mean, the only people who have explicitly come out against the vaccines, as far as I know, are like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. Uh, other than that, really, I mean, even Ron DeSantis has been pretty, you know, I mean, he's allowed for a lot of people not to take the vaccines in Florida and put some legislation, but he still hasn't been speaking out against it. And I think he himself is vaccinated. I'm not sure officially, and I'm not going to put down the record, but I don't think it's anything different than he's done. And I think, you know, my personal opinion on President Trump, you know, I think of the man in the arena with Theodore Roosevelt, you know, he's done so much and people may not like that answer, but he really changed the political landscape forever. And, you know, I don't necessarily agree with his stance on the uh, vaccines, in terms of endorsing them continually, I think we should really take a look at it. But he's against the mandates, and I think overall he is receptive to us as his base. So um, that's kind of my stance on that. Okay. Um, so tell me, what is uh, – okay, in 2020, the election, was it stolen or not? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I mean, I go to an article – there was an article that said uh, it was by it was in I think it was by Michael Anton or some other prominent writer, but it was in the Federalist. And it was five ways Biden magically outperformed outperformed uh, historical consensus or something. It's in the Federalist. I'll have to give you the official article, but basically brought up a couple of points like Joe Biden lost 18 of the 19 bellwether counties. He President Trump had a 95 percent party approval rating. No president has ever lost a uh, election since 1960 with an approval rating over 75 percent. Uh, also, President Trump won Florida and Iowa, and no president has lost an election, or Florida and Ohio, sorry, lost uh, won Florida and Ohio, and no president has lost an election since 1960, which when Nixon lost JFK and what many historians consider to be a stolen election also. Um, but no president's lost an election since then with winning both those states. And um, if you just look at those, there was a couple other facts. Those are the ones I can immediately recall from memory. Um, and also all the shenanigans we saw that night. I mean, you know, you remember they had the poll workers in Detroit covering up the windows with Little Caesars pizza boxes. You had the pipe burst in Atlanta and all these other faulty things. So obviously the election was 100 percent stolen. And I think the 
most proof we have is because these people can't hide it from us that they stole it. When you look at um, the Time article that was written, the secret plot to protect the election. And again, I have to I can't remember the exact article, but this is widely circulated where basically uh, Time magazine wrote a whole article detailing how Mark Zuckerberg and all these other tech billionaires and NGO workers and all these other groups basically went forward to. Uh, I believe the term they said was to fortify the election, to make sure that, you know, everything was in place for them to pull off the greatest electoral heist in American political history. Um, And, you know, I think that's what happened. So, yes, the election was absolutely stolen. Donald Trump should be president. And um, that's my opinion of the 2020 election. Uh, The reason why I ask you is because you're running and you have to deal with this election. You have to deal with the whole process. Do you feel like your election could be rigged? Um, well, yeah, it's already I mean, not just the electoral process, just the whole nomination process. I mean, I've been kind of essentially canceled, you know, on the speaker circuit due to my beliefs on immigration and a host of other things. And um, it's not easy. So the whole process, not just from the time we get to the ballot box, actually the earlier process with the nomination process, who we're even getting to vote for on the ballot is already rigged. It's a joke. So, I mean, I'm in this race. You know, like I said, you have people like Young Kim who's openly, you know, gone against President Trump, tried to get legislation to censure him, which although wasn't brought to the floor, she was still one of the authors of it. She voted to confirm Joe Biden's electoral victory. And now she's trying to, you know, call herself some kind of, you know, successful, authentic conservative and, you know, a host of other issues too with Greg Rass. And the point is they get a lot of airplay. They can go speak to these other groups. But, you know, I, because, you know, have these certain views, I've been kind of cut out. So to answer your question, yeah, the election whole process is rigged. But what I hope to do is, you know, to get out and kind of promote this message and do what I can do to, um, you know, really, I think, awaken more people and uh, have a, if there's someone like me, I think, who's on the, pl- uh, who's on the ballot and people know what I'm about, then um, it'll give an option to vote for someone like me. Now, obviously, like you said, there's a lot of, uh, you know, problems with our electoral system and there's a lot of institutions going against us. I understand. But, you know, I still think we can pull things off electorally. And in my district, the 40th district, if I was the nominee, um, I think it would be a slam dunk victory for the Republican Party because we're already in our plus six district. So, you know, your points are well warranted. And, you know, I've already thought about this a lot myself. And um, due to the way the party nomination structure is, you know, where these people kind of choose who the nominee is from the top with no, you know, uh, speaking to the constituents or anyone in the party itself, which is kind of chosen by the top guy. Um, you know, it's rigged from the start, but what we have to do, I think is fight against it and really show that we have the better ideas and we have the better policies. So you'll still be on the ballot, even though. Oh, I'm on the ballot. Yeah. I've raised, I raised the money. I mean, look, I've raised a lot of money. I've raised the pittance. I'll be honest. You know I mean? I've raised a little over $10,000, but most of that money has come from people in my district and it's from small donations. And I've actually spent a lot of my own money on this campaign, you know, and I have no problem saying that it's reported with the FEC because I wanted to offer a campaign that was authentic. And that was something for the constituents. All my events are free. I have free food, free drinks. I offer a presentation. I have open Q&A. Greg Rath, Young Kim never have open Q&A. And I've actually had some of my detractors come down and, you know, try to heckle me. So that's how open my Q&A is. And I've shown up to every debate. I've had eight town halls. I'm out working because I'm not trying to be some shill for a foreign country or some corporation. I really care about the people of the 40th district. I love Orange County and um, I love my country and that's why I'm running. So um, I hope that answers the question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, So tell me, you've been canceled. They're trying to cancel you and you said it's over immigration. What is your immigration thoughts uh, that would cancel you? Well, it's a variety of issues related to immigration, too. I mean, immigration, foreign policy, but immigration is probably the biggest one, I'd say, because first off, in the OCGOP, there's a conscientious embrace of groups um, that endorse amnesty for illegal aliens. And they're trying to basically do this larger strategy of appealing to Hispanics 
based on, you know, watering down the immigration policies. And, you know, I'm a junk caller. I work with Hispanics all the time. I can tell you they're not wallflowers. And um, I think a lot of these people actually love this country and they don't want to see it dramatically altered to where it looks, you know, like the country they came from. So I don't think we need to water down our language on immigration. I think actually we should offer a more robust immigration platform that'll get conservatives off the couch. So I've come out and I've said that I want to have a 25 year immigration moratorium. And that's really in line, actually, with the trends going along with the greater Republican electorate. I mean, if you look at a recent Gallup poll, 69 percent of registered Republicans favored reducing legal migration. And Paul Gosar, one of the great America first congressmen in this country, actually has uh, tried to you know, bring up legislation or has announced his support for a 10 year immigration moratorium. So um, that's where I stand on immigration. You know, I think immigration um, has done a lot of damage to this country, not only from a crime perspective and economic perspective, but also from a cultural perspective. Um, our country's been dramatically altered since 1965 with the passage of the Hard Seller Act. Um, dramatic demographic change. Uh, our whole cities are unrecognizable now. And um, that's an issue I have. And I think um, other Americans should be able to voice these issues without being called racist and without the issue being shut down. Because, you know, um, I think the Republican Party does so much to do outreach to all these other groups, but they're not doing it to do anything to who I call people like myself, foundational Americans, those of settler stock, people who've been in this country for hundreds of years. And no problem to those who've come recently to these shores. I respect you and embrace you as an American, but we have interests also and our interests are being fundamentally ignored. So that's why I believe what I believe on immigration. And I'm going to keep standing uh, on that um, belief. And I think uh, there will be people in time, maybe not this election, but there will be people in time, I think, who agree with that. Title 42, uh, May 23rd, they are going to not extend it. Is that going to affect your county, your district? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, there's um, it's going to absolutely do it. I mean, uh, if you look at my district already, like I mentioned earlier, we have places like Anaheim and stuff like that. That's going to be a hub, I'm sure, to receive immigrants and illegal aliens. But the greater problem we have, I mean, it's not just my district. Obviously, I care about my district, but the House of Representatives is a national position. You know, so we are there to speak, speak on and craft national policy. And, you know, where are these illegal aliens go, whether it's my district or anywhere else, it's going to be a problem and it's going to eventually hurt everyone in the country. So um, ultimately, what I'd like to do, like I said, is have a 25 year immigration moratorium. But we would have to, you know, once that's not extended, I mean, it's going to be something like we saw in 2015 in Europe, where hordes of people, I think, are coming to the country. And the Biden administration and a lot of Republicans, frankly, aren't going to do anything because they favor amnesty and they want to have these people come here to be the cheap labor slaves and, uh, scale uh weight on the scale so to speak of the ballot boxes for elections to come right that's a that's a yeah that is another issue but it's mostly like men coming through i mean they just brought in a hundred thousand afghanistans a hundred thousand ukrainians and who who knows how many millions of people from the south where i mean this sounds like an invasion or a trojan horse or you know some people say that these people are going to be the ones that is, ends up putting us in camps because they have no loyalty to this country um it's just going to get worse i don't know what your thoughts on the whole bringing afghanistan's in and ukrainians in where do you stand by that well like I said, I'm in favor of an immigration moratorium right now, like wholesale. Um, I think even the Ukrainians there, quite frankly, um, I empathize with what's going on in that country. But I think um, us taking in a group that's going to potentially form this hostile lobby against Russia in this country, I don't 
I don't think that's honestly necessary for our greater foreign policy strategy, to be honest. And Afghanistan, uh, more Afghanis, no. I mean, have you seen Dearborn, Michigan or some of these other places? I mean, I, I don't think we should increase Muslim immigration into the country by any means. If anything, it should be totally halted permanently. And that's what we need to do with an immigration moratorium. So that's where kind of I stand on things. Um, I don't think we should bring in any more of these immigrants, even if they're refugees. I mean, we've already brought in more immigrants legally, illegally, refugees from all over the world. And uh, look what's happened to our country. I mean, quite frankly, like I said, uh, I mentioned earlier, 65 million legal legal immigrants since passage of the Hard Seller Act in 1965. 65 million legal legal immigrants. And aside from that, too, you look at there's other studies. I think the Center for Immigration Studies did a study, something like 51% of households headed by legal immigrants collect some form of welfare. So this is ridiculous. Um, the American people are being totally trampled upon. Our interests are not being looked out for. And you can't keep calling us racist anymore because right. every other country in the world protects their borders. So why is it not okay for us to do so? Right. Well, I, I think it's a, a bigger agenda than that. Um, I, yeah. I mean, do they, they probably want them as democratic voters one day? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, that's what they're going to do. Um, they're all going to, I mean, if you look at the immigrants right now that come into the country, overwhelmingly, they all vote for the Democrat Party. So like I said, it's a means for them of keeping their scales on the finger. I mean, their weights on the scales of power. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a larger agenda basically to allow them to have control by they, I mean, the Democrat Party, the globalists in perpetuity in this country. That's right. what I believe. Yeah. Um, so tell me, uh, let's get off to, let's go off to a different topic about what maybe what you believe and what you don't believe. Um Let's start with, uh, let's get some into some more fun stuff. Um, let's go down the conspiracy trail here. Um, just to see where your mind's at. 9-11, real uh, stage, hoax, real, what do you think? Wow, that's a big one. Well, you know, there's a lot to go on uh, with 9-11 and everything like that. I mean, um, it's an interesting topic for sure. Uh, that's, I'll just leave it. I got to be political. It's the campaign season, you know, right wow. now. So just forgive me, but you know, I'm open to people, uh, discussing and viewing all historical events with total, absolute freedom under their right. First amendment rights got as it. us citizens. All that's right. what I'll say. And they shouldn't be silenced or canceled or uh, barred from anywhere. But regarding my opinions on nine 11, like for example, the war on terror, I think that's been a larger plot to take our civil liberties and to, you know, I kind of, I think have these unnecessary foreign wars all throughout the world, notably Afghanistan and Iraq and Libya and other places like that. And um, I think uh, that's the real negatives from nine 11, but in terms of the culprits and everything like that, I mean, you know, Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, we'll you know, we'll get off that one. But the, the reason why yeah. I asked you that is because COVID is considered the biggest hoax. You know, what are you, I mean, have you thought about is COVID was COVID, you know, designed? Yeah, COVID, I, I think COVID. Yeah. I think to, honestly, I'll be honest with you, to be a hundred percent honest back in 2020, when it first started, I was freaked out like March, 2020, but my big moment realizing it was a big hoax was quite frankly, the George Floyd riots and seeing people just ransack the country without masks on, but back to COVID. Yes. I think it is part of a larger conspiracy. I mean, honestly, I'm to the point now and I really don't care what people think. I, I I'm even questioning the validity of the virus itself. If it was even real and if it's just what, what we've, what we've been sold, what's been told to us. So um, yeah, I think COVID's a, a big joke. Um, you know, I really think a lot of people have been sold. And if you look what's happened, it's basically just enriched the billionaire class. It's resulted in us basically living in a fragmented psychotic society where people still think they need to wear masks to protect themselves. And um, it's been overall a total net negative. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's totally uh, BS at this point. I can't believe people are still going along with it. 
Do you think Biden's trying to take away our guns right now? Because uh, there was just another shooting in the Bronx, and I guess there was another shooting in South Carolina today. Do you feel like these kind of incidents, a lot of people say these these things that when the, when this happens, it's a false flag just to try to uh, do a gun grab. And um, there's a lot of evidence with this Bronx sh- or the subway shooting. It looked pretty staged. I don't know. what I mean, have you well, get down you that know, road? I'm not. Um, now, look, false flags happen. I mean, there, you look at the U.S. government going back, you know, decades with Operation Northwoods and a variety of things like that. You know, there have been false flags and things the government's perpetrated. Um, in regards to the recent shooting in uh, the Bronx with Frank James, I believe that guy's gentleman, uh, the name was. Um, this actually, I mean, I don't think that's a false flag. I think that's actually a problem with black nationalism in the country, quite frankly. I mean, you look at Frank James, you look at the gentleman who pulled off the uh, Waukesha plowing through a crowd of young white people, basically. Yeah. Uh, these were guys that on their social media went out and talked about, you know, all these conspiracy. Well, I don't like to, but, you know, all these basically ideologies saying that they, you know, uh, hate white people and that, you know, they've been you had this history stolen from them and there's nothing redeemable about white people. So what I believe um, is that in those instances, those were uh, people who were radical black nationalists, which, again, this is an issue. I mean, you got to remember those police officers that were shot in 2016 in Dallas. You got to remember all the violence we've seen with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. There is a rising black nationalist problem in this country. Um that's what I think that problem is an epidemic of um, yeah. I get in regards to all the fine points. I mean, I've looked just through the guy's social media, Frank James, uh, some of the points you've talked, I, I'll have to look into it. Um, but the other shooting in South Carolina, I, that was news to me. I just, I got off work, so I haven't heard of that yet today. Okay. But, di- uh, but it was just strange that Biden's talking about taking away guns and then all of a sudden the shooting happens. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, and then the Lieutenant governor gets arrested. Shooting. I'm sorry. What the Lieutenant governor got arrested in New York. Lieutenant governor got arrested in New York too. I mean, yeah, that's something I haven't been privy to, I guess, but when it comes to that specific shooter, I guess in the Bronx, I'll look into more of it. But from what I've read and everything about Frank James, I think he just really was kind of like this radical, like radical black nationalist that I think was just no. fed up and went, went on a shooting rampage. I've just, but, seen, yeah, I've just seen I, where you're, I've just seen where your head's at, where, what kind of type of person you are. Um, do you feel like there's an attack on white whiteness right now? White people? Um, well, you know, I think they're I think white people are being falsely villainized in this country. Absolutely. I mean, again, I respect everyone in this country. You know, we're all Americans. I believe that 100 percent. But I do think that white people kind of play a role as I think the historic founding component of this country. I mean, that's undeniable. And that's not to diminish other people and their contributions. But it's just to say we also have interests we also are you know have expect a certain quality of life and a context of life that was left to us by our ancestors and it says you know in the federalist papers that they were uh, federalist number two by john jay one of the great founding fathers of this country he commented that at the founding of our country you know it's great that we are united and and founded in common strands of faith heritage uh language things of that nature these are important components to a country so um, i do think that the white America, whatever term you want to call it, is under attack by many institutions in this country, academia, corporations, a variety of other places. And I think there's also, quite frankly, within the Republican Party, no effort to address it. And um, it's really to their detriment because white people form the largest block that vote for the Republican Party. We overwhelmingly donate to the Republican Party. And um, I think many other groups like to you know, have their interests like Blexit, Legsit, all these groups, and that's fine. Well, but, you know, if there was a group that was formed like that for white people, obviously be called racist. And, you know, again, I like to say we're a multiracial, multi-ethnic country. That's the facts on the ground. Um, I view everyone as American who accepts that mantle. 
But um, obviously, like I said, I think we have a historic role in helping found the nation. And I don't think we should be treated or, you know, kind of villainized like we have been. And I think we should be speaking out against it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what, as far as like when you get into Congress, um, what can you do to shake up D.C.? Well, Congress is a national platform. Like if you look at people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think, you know, I have a lot of respect for her. Like, would you be kind of, would you be kind of like her, a big voice? Well, I'd like to, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of why I wanted to go because, you know, you look at what she's doing. She's been removed from all her committees. You know, she's had a lot of attacks, but look, she's probably one of the most popular people in Congress. So she may not be able to move legislation forward right now, but what she's doing is she's acting as a mouthpiece for the American people on the national stage. And that's what we have to realize what Congress is now. It's not necessarily a place where legislation gets passed. I mean, we all know that they, these guys go in, they collect $175,000 a year. Um, they basically just loot the taxpayers and live the most corrupt, degenerate lives. And that's even what Madison Cawthorn was saying. So, um, you know, it's not like these are ethical people that are really leading the country in the right direction. And um, I'd like to totally go shake it up. And she's able to do it without having much sway or anything. And um, I think if there's someone like me who is a bomb thrower, who's shown his willingness to go confront the commissioner of the OCGOP, to confront the people who are running these ethnic advocacy groups here in Orange County that are diluting the message of the OCGOP, I think um, that'd be necessary. And I think I'd be really good at it. And, um, you know, I'm able to speak extemporaneously, speak on my feet. I have great recall and I love this country and I'm a hard worker. So I think that's why I'd be a great congressman. And my plan would be to be a voice against mass migration, uh, bad foreign policy, and uh, anti-white racism. Who are the rhinos in Congress? I think the greatest rhinos in Congress, you know, there's a whole list of them. Um, Kevin McCarthy's certainly not doing us any favors. Um, you also look at these other people, Michelle Steele, who's right here in California, Young Kim. I mean, Michelle Steele and Young Kim, just to bring up notes, I mean, uh, just the OCGOP, for example, Jay Chen, who's running against Michelle Steele, brought up the fact that you might need an interpreter to understand her. And the OCGOP came out and, oh, that's racist, this, that, and the other. But it's objectively true. You hear these people, Michelle Steele, Young Kim, even uh, Amy Fan West, who's running also in the 47th district. I mean, they don't have the greatest command of the English language. And quite frankly, when you look at our tradition of, uh, you know, oratory in the Congress of people like, you know, Henry Clay, Daniel Webster, John Calhoun, you should be able to articulate your ideas extemporaneously. And um, aside from that, though, more people in Congress, if you look, um, I think really, if you look more throughout it too, aside from those guys, um, you know, in the Senate, you got people like uh, Susan Collins, uh, who's absolutely awful. You got people like uh, Marco Rubio, who's no friend to any America first uh, person. And then uh, Lindsey Graham, another awful guy, Mitch McConnell. So throughout Congress, the House and the Senate, there's a bunch of rhinos. And, um, you know, it's just, it's everywhere, really. These people have no interest in promoting America first. They have no interest of making America great again. What they really view the American people and the GOP electorate as some kind of cash cow. And they really don't even like receiving our votes. If you notice, they're always trying to, you know, move away and go away from what works and what we like and try to do these things that really makes them popular in the liberal media. Yeah, but don't you think they're being controlled somehow? Maybe they're blackmailed to stick on a certain agenda. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at these people, too, you know, like uh, with figures like Jeffrey Epstein and all the connections there. I mean, obviously, these people have seedy connections, you know, and who they receive money from. A lot of these people from foreign lobbies and things like that. So absolutely, you're right. I mean, you know, there's a certain kabuki theater element to what's all going on, because like I said, they put their guys on the ballot. We have to vote for them. And, you know, they just take our money and we deal with it. And there's really no kind of consent of the government going on. How how uh, when's the election first off? 
The election's June 7th. So time is winding down, to be quite frank. I've been doing this since last June. Um, if you, you know, I've been running kind of, like I said, a total grassroots insurgent campaign. Uh, you can go check out my Instagram at nick.torres40. You can see everything. Um, you know, I've been doing basically, like I said, town halls, going and confronting Republican officials. Uh, but yeah, time's winding down. Um, but, you know, I'm always in it for the fight. I have a lot of energy. Um, I work a day job and I do this on the side, which really isn't on the side. It consumes a lot of my time. And um, yeah, just fighting, going out, putting up signs, meeting people. That's what I can do. But really you bringing me on the platform, I greatly appreciate it. And I'm very honored because this is the best thing and giving me publicity, allowing me to kind of say my ideas and get out there because I've had wholesale canceling going on. And I know there's other people who've experienced that too, because if you're not towing the line on all these issues, then they're going to just basically badmouth you. They're going to call you a racist, call you this, that, and the other. I mean, I've had, when I've had events, I've had groups like the local left-wing people around here um, basically go around and, you know, uh, call the groups, leave bad reviews on Yelp, call the venue and say they're racist. And then, you know, I've been kicked out. Um, Republican assembly groups, which, you know, this is critical if you're running an election, you have to go speak at these Republican assemblies so you can meet constituents. I'll try to go speak to them. They'll book me. Then they'll cancel me immediately after. So it's coming up. It's coming down to the wire. But if you want to help me, like I said, follow me on Instagram at nick.torres40. Oh, good. Check out my website, votenickca40.com. Nick, um, it's going to be a battle for you. Um, yeah, certainly. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got the, they're going to bring, they're going to try to bring those two, whoever those two other Republicans on the, uh, the main front, right? Those two other yeah. people. Um, well, good luck, brother. Uh, and make sure, and listen, when you, uh, when you got something to drop, let me know and we'll bring you on. Well, maybe we'll do an Instagram live or something. Um, I don't know if you do lives on Instagram that also, no, I'm, I'm always, I'm always willing. Is this live right now? This is live. This is we're live on the website right now. Uh, but the audience is not solely California. Yeah, no, it's all cool. Right. Um, so, all right, buddy. Make sure you uh, come. To, uh, actually, try to check in with me in like in a few weeks. Let's do another one, and uh, let's talk again. Boy, and I just want to say, just too before I go, really honestly, not to repeat, but thank you so much for the platform. Uh, very honored. I hope you enjoyed having me on. I enjoy being around you, and you guys have been doing a lot of great work for the last couple of years on the Patriot scene. So, thank you very much. Uh, really, really helped me out a lot. Really can't express that. And uh, thank you a lot. Really appreciate it. Hey, real, real, real quick, Nick. Did you did you do you go to the local rallies that are going on in LA, like the Disney rally protest? Do you do any of that stuff? Because I see a lot. I, of I actually did. You know, actually, where I got you actually featured me on some of your videos back in 2020 on the Great Reset, and uh, actually prior with the Afghanistan and Roscoe. So I've been doing that, but. You know, quite frankly, I mean, um, a lot of people, I'm a divisive figure here in Orange County, Jesse, I'll be honest. And, uh, you know, my views and kind of who I am, I don't I don't claim to be a perfect person. I'm a sinner. But, you know, I do believe in Jesus Christ and I do believe in my values, and my principles, because I love my country. So a lot of people I've been going to rallies because um, I think a lot of people out there uh, have a lot of bad intention towards me. But, you know, it's I'll probably be going out again just with the campaign trail. But it's kind of hit and miss because uh, there's a lot of division in the Patriot movement around me. But, you know, I support I really appreciate those who have stuck by me. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming right. on. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. All right, guys. That's Nick Torres for Congress, uh, the 40th District. Uh, if you guys want to help his campaign, you can. You can do so. Uh, you can go to his Instagram. You can go check out the links in the bio. I'll have the links in the bio once this live is wrapped up. 
Um, if you're listening on Spotify and uh, Apple and Anchor, is it Anchor or Apple Podcast? One of the podcast platforms. The links will be in the bio as well. Um, interesting guy. I don't. He's being canceled because of his views. I, I don't see anything really radical about his views. Um, I guess. And then I would be a radical if I don't think I see anything radical. You know. Um, other than that, interesting conversation. Um, I tried to get into the conspiracy realm with him. I guess he's just playing it straightforward, which is fine. I, I don't blame him um, because some people might judge you because uh, you think this is real, this is fake, whatever. I get it. It's fine. But to some of us, it's you know we think it's fine and it's important. Um, other than that, that was today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it, or broadcast, should I say. A lot of exciting news coming into with Weber's Way. Uh, we have big news announcing. We will be announcing something big with Allison in a few weeks. We're not going to be able to say anything now, obviously. Uh, we might be moving to a different platform. I don't know when. And uh, remember that we are also have uh, a shop. We have a, a merchandise shop. Um, it's Weber'sWay.com slash shop. You can go there and buy um, stickers, stickers, car details, and bumper stickers. This helps us out, funds our operation. I know it's just stickers. You're like, well, I would I want a sticker, but I'll tell you why. First off, uh, we have the the official um, Biden stickers that go on great on gas stations. I'm not encouraging to put them on gas stations, but they do. Do very well, okay? People get a little chuckle out of that because it reminds them that this country is going to shit because of him. And that's what it says. Everything I touch turns to shit. Obviously, we have the milk carton ones. You put these on milk cartons and uh, people remind them, where is Fauci? Questions their mind and where is he? Because he disappeared in the news. Uh, for our Canadian people, we have Trudeau stickers. These are probably, this is uh, Justin Trudeau in his uh his little outfit or he thinks he, he thinks it's funny, right? Someone like this dressed up like this would be canceled in a second. But since he is the prime minister of Canada, he's been getting away with it. This, the one says, what's up? The other one says, Justin Trudeau. Okay. You get that. Allison came out with a new sticker. This one says, burn the mask, not businesses because they're trying to bring back the mask. So if you, if you want to pick these up, you can, these are also in the shop. Okay. We have um, our Don't Tread on Me, the car detail. These are officially just launched the other day. Finally redesigned and designed and redesigned for your car. So these are great for a blackout window, I would think, or any window, or even on your bumper. We have for our Trump fans the Trump 2024 sticker. Uh, the Rambo with the uh, bazooka, whatever you want to call that thing. And we have that with the American flag. We have the Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death official bumper sticker with this Punisher skull. We have the traditional Save America. That's right. We're doing the traditional ones. We have a Let's Go Brandon with uh, China Joe on sitting on the Brandon lettering because uh, he thinks, you know, he's an idiot, right, Biden? Here's Pure Blood. If you are a Pure Blood, this is something you might want to put on your car. We have other ones. I don't have them all here. Here's another. Let's go, Brandon. But this one, translate F Joe Biden in Chinese. And uh, that's another classic one. Uh, these are all in the store. You can get them right now. And I'll give you a promo code, Weber's Way, uh, for 25% off. And if you're listening, really listening, VIP 
could get you more. So either you want to use Weber's Way or VIP can get you more off. I'm not going to tell you the percent, but it could be possibly more. Just saying, if you're listening right now. Other than that, make sure you check it out. Uh, check out our store. Check out what else we're doing. Uh, we have a, a video every single day that comes out in our in our in our blog posts on the front page. We have an Allison video every single day. I have a list of videos coming out soon. Uh, we have a podcast coming out every. We're trying to do twice a week right now. Um, I just shot with uh, the Louisiana Sister Squad. Just shot with them the this morning. Um, shot with uh, Patrick Lee Gibson. He's running for Congress, or Congress or Governor? No, Congress. Yes, 30th district. Um, so I'm going to be getting more people on the on these platforms. Different people from different podcasts. People that are running, patriots alone, doctors, so on. Um, and then maybe back to our fun conspiracy show about what else is going on in this world. Um, hopefully, we'll be shooting with Cam tomorrow. But uh, about uh, Watch the Water. We're going to discuss the documentary about um, is the vaccine uh, poisonous venom? Is that what it's doing? Is it poisonous? Are we getting uh, are we getting poisoned by the vaccine? Is Rendesivir another poison killing people? And is the vaccine a slow dose? And is it in the water? Are we supposed to watch the water? Listen, we it's uh, times like this is like we need God now, right? That's for sure. Um, also, shout out to oh, that's right, we are sponsored by My Pillow. That's right. We're not well, we're not sponsored. We are working with My Pillow. You can go to mypillow.com/slash/webersway and you can get up to sixty-six percent off. You can get pillows. You can get the these, this one. I don't know if they have them in stock still, but these are like twenty bucks. Um, I think with the discount. Obviously, they have king size, queen size pillows, mattresses. They have slippers. They have it all. Listen, I'm not gonna promote any product that is crap. I actually stand by behind this product. I really do. I don't have. I don't have. And no bullshit about it. Okay. Get my pillow if you need a pillow. Um, if you're having a hard time sleeping, this is the time to get a pillow. You need to fill up that empty room, get my pillow products, and use Weber's Way. This is the time to do it. Remember, you're supporting a patriot that's fighting for you uh, for the election integrity. Um, it also supports us, Weber's Way, here, so we can fund Allison and Alberta out in California and also fund everything here. Okay, We're coming up to our website monthly fee, which is $600 a, a year, I believe it is. And uh, we got to pay it. And nothing pays it more than you guys supporting what we do. So you can either donate. You can also donate too. But I, I, I rather have you just buy something. And remember, if you buy one thing, we will toss in other stuff. Okay? Just so you know. If you buy one sticker, we'll toss in maybe an Allison sticker or, or two Trudeau stickers or two, or two Biden or Fauci or even a Weber's Way sticker. We're not that cheap. Okay? So anyways... Remember, Weber's Way is the promo code for MyPillow and Weber'sWay.com slash shop. So check us out there. That's where we are every single day. And remember, guys, I appreciate you guys. And remember, Jesus is, is coming. I was not prepared. Hold on, guys. Hold on. No. Now. Now I want to say it. Remember, Jesus is coming.